audio engineering. It sounds so exotic and exciting, doesn't it? But here's the cool thing. Audio engineering is something that can be learned and you could actually receive training from one of the podcast industry's best audio engineers. On this episode of Podcastification, I'm talking with my friend Chris Curran about audio engineering and his podcast engineering school. My name is Kerry Green, and I am the Client Happiness Guy at PodcastFastTrack.com, and this is Podcastification. This show is all about podcasting, how to do it, how not to do it, best practices, interesting news items that have to do with the realm of podcasting, and who knows what else. And I'm trying to do it all with a little bit of fun and some information to help you get a show going, keep yours going, or make it better. And if you like what's going on here on the show, I would appreciate it, oh, so appreciate it, if you could leave a rating or review on iTunes. You can find out how to do that at podcastfasttrack.com slash review. That's enough of that kind of stuff. Let's get you podcastificated right away. Chris Curran is a man that I initially met online, and we worked together on some client projects and things like that. And then I had the chance of meeting Chris in person a couple of times, both at Podcast Movement and at a local Colorado podcasters meetup that I've kind of organized. By the way, if you want to be a part of Podcast Colorado Meetup, let me know. I would love to invite you to the Facebook group. But anyway, back to Chris Curran. Chris is one of those guys that I call my friend, even though we've only known each other a short amount of time. Chris is a reliable guy. He does amazing work with the kind of audio production that he does. And you're going to hear on this episode, he has got the education and the creds to back it up. So ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce you to my friend, Chris Curran. Chris Curran, my friend, how are you doing today? I'm great. The weather looks okay here in Colorado as well. Oh, I'm with you, man. My day is a beautiful one outside. We're both in Colorado, listeners, in case you don't know that. You're down in the Springs, correct? Yep, Colorado Springs. And you're yeah. out in uh, Buena Vista, or some people say Buena Vista. Yeah, yeah. You know, there is an interesting story around that. Um, <laughs> there's actually this little kiosk up on one of the hiking trails outside of town. And this has nothing to do with podcasting, so I hope <laughs> I hope our listeners will indulge me here for a moment. This this little kiosk, you know, has a little history about the town and all that. And the woman who got to name the town actually chose to call it Buena Vista. She wanted what she called an Anglo pronunciation, which I think is hilarious because you know it's it means nothing then. Because you know, bu- <laughs> Buena Vista, the Spanish means good view, and yeah. it's just funny that someone would change the pronunciation like that on purpose, but so it is, you know, we have another town near here called Salida, which actually is Salida, which means exit, but we all say Salida because we're Yankees, you know, or whatever we are. Yeah. We're (laughs) gringos. That's what we are. So, so anyway, Chris, I'm glad we're finally having you on the show. Here we are. This will be, I don't know what episode 101 or 102 or something like that. How in the heck did we wait so long? Really? That's awesome, man. Congrats on uh, hitting a hundred. Yeah, it's been fun. You know, it's kind of funny. I'm saying the numbers kind of guardedly because I realized somewhere in there I missed an episode number. 
somewhere and I, I haven't really? tracked it down yet. Yeah. So somewhere there's a missing episode and I don't know what happened to it, but. Oh, uh, you should definitely do something special with that. Like if it was like, if it went from episode 36 to episode 38, you might have to create a special episode 37. <laughs> yeah. And I can make it like totally different and weird people out. Maybe like put Easter eggs in it of some sort that real listeners will hear it and get some super prize for that or something. I don't know. Yeah. Like, like little snippets of backwards audio that people have to flip around oh, and yeah. together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like in the seventies when we run our albums backwards and get the, uh, <laughs> man, what are we talking about, Chris? We're talking about podcasting. So <laughs> here we are way off track. Chris is on the show because Chris is a guy I've met online. It's kind of fun how many people you can meet online. And I think you actually reached out to me first. Isn't that right, Chris? I don't quite yeah, remember. I think a while back, uh, one of my clients, because I produce podcasts for a living, and one of my clients needed a service that I don't provide, and then you did provide that service. So we that's how we met, and we kind of started working together a little bit. And um, yeah. Yeah. And so Chris is a guy who's got all kinds of background in digital audio and even pre-digital audio and, and sound design and that kind of thing. So Chris, I want to let you just take the mic here for a minute and tell us something about your background. Why audio? Why are you so interested in audio? And what is it that you actually have wound up doing with it? Yeah. So when I was in high school, I played some instruments and I was in a band. I was a drummer and then I was really into audio and then we needed to record for our band. And so my friend gave me his old four track recorder so, and this was back in the late 80s. So I recorded our band and I just loved the whole concept of recording was awesome. So then I went to, after I graduated high school, I went to one year of college and I was like, I'm done with like school. I can't go to, I can't do it anymore. I didn't want to do it. So I worked for a year. Then I went to uh, recording school, which was a program in Ohio that was like eight or 10 weeks long or something it was like the basics of audio engineering. So I went there to Ohio for a little bit, and then I went to New York City, and I ended up working in New York City for about four years, working on all kinds of records and you know, working with really great engineers and becoming an engineer myself and working on a bunch of albums and getting album credits. But I ended up leaving New York City because I worked on a lot of rap music, like a lot, which is okay, you know, uh, you but know, after let, a while. Let me interrupt you there for a minute. You know, One album, <laughs> two albums, that's a lot. When it comes to rap, I mean, I don't mind rap, yeah. but if you're working on them constantly, oh my goodness. Yeah. Day in, day out, it gets really old. Even if rap is your thing, I'm sure it would get old, but it really wasn't my thing. So yeah. anyway, I went back out of New York City. I went back to Jersey and was working on, you know, as a solo producer. And then I started working with my family business and then I sort of drifted away from audio, although I was in bands the whole time. And then in 2011... The end of 2011, I somehow heard about podcasting and I somehow found Cliff Ravenscraft and I started, I was like, wow, podcasting, it's audio and you can just publish it. And, you know, I got all into podcasting and then I was like, I can do this. I have a background, like I'm super overqualified for podcast production and I'm like, I'm going to do it. So I actually set up in New Jersey, a studio, an in-person studio uh, I had that for three years, and I would work with local people. They'd come in and sit there, and I'd engineer their podcast, and they'd bring in their guests, and we'd record. And that's how I started my company, Fractal Recording. And I've been now doing that, that is, ever since. That yeah. is super cool, Chris. I didn't know you had that in your background. Let's just take a little diversion here for a moment. I would assume you really like 
this concept of what we're seeing pop up in larger cities, mainly these little pod booths or podcast recording studios that you can go in and rent by the hour or whatever. Have you heard about those things? Yeah, I've heard of a couple of them. I don't know what they cost and stuff like that. But yeah, it's great. I mean, look, if they can have a pretty good setup and you can walk in and just record either onto your SD card or onto your computer or whatever, it seems really easy. Like, oh, just walk in and record. But it's really, it's not that easy because you have to, what you know, what are you recording onto, whether it's an SD card or a computer, and then you have to get the levels right. I assume these places have like a staff person there to sort of help with this kind of thing. Yeah, I would hope so. Or at least somebody to make sure people aren't stealing the equipment, you know. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, So I think it's a great idea. You were essentially doing that, only you were manning the station and you were actually engineering their show for them. Yeah. Yeah. So the the service, the service I've always, always offered my clients is like the ultimate handholding experience where literally my client just hosts the show and I do everything else. And I still do it that way even when I work remotely because right now, now I live in Colorado Springs and I have my studio in my basement and I engineer all my clients remotely. There's no one in person here except me. So, Man, that is amazing. So I am going to unshamedly steal all your trade secrets. Tell me how you do that. I mean, <laughs> are you sitting this up on on uh, Zoom? Are you doing this over something like we're on, like Clean Feed? How, how are you setting all this up? Yeah, using these voice over IP recording services like Clean Feed. I was using one, well, mainly I use Zencaster and I use Ringer as a backup. And there's also another new one coming out called Squadcast, which I've been trying. And that one's kind of cool because it has a little video. Like you can see each participant on video. Oh, that's cool. Which is similar to Zoom. I know some people are using Zoom, the webinar service to record uh-huh. podcasts. And that's awesome. I use it too. That's how actually how I deliver my podcast engineering school classes is over Zoom. But the only thing I haven't tried with them, and Carrie, I remember when you were in Colorado Springs like a month ago, we had the meetup here. You yeah. told me that Zoom can record each participant separately. And anyway, I'm in the middle of testing that because I tried it once and, well, I recorded once everyone on their own track and all the tracks ended up different sizes. And oh lengths. my goodness. And I was like, how does that work? Like, I don't know. Uh, anyway, so I'm in the middle of figuring that out. But yeah, you can connect remotely. And you know, a lot of my clients too, I'll obviously have them get a decent microphone set up. So I'll give them you know, maybe $150 worth of gear to buy. I'll say, hey, this is what you need. A, B, C, and D. Go buy it. I help them set it up or make sure they have it set up properly. And then also, a lot of times, my clients, the hosts of the shows, they can record themselves locally which isn't really that hard. There's a new... For a Mac, there's a little app called Piezo. There's like two settings and you just hit record. And then I know there's a lot of recorders. There's the... Like when people use Skype to do interviews, they have that little... What is it? Ecamm call recorder. Yeah, there's all kinds of them. Yeah. Yeah, so that's recording cool. local is always the best. But then yeah. obviously for people who are joining your show who are not the hosts, they're just guests. They're not... They're just going to go to a link and show up. And so that's why these services like CleanFeed and Zencaster are good because it records everybody locally yeah. and uploads it. Yeah. So let me, let me dig into this a little bit. So you'll actually go into the service, whichever service you're going to use. You'll set up the, so to speak, the session or the appointment. You'll send links to all the participants. They'll come in. You'll be the one to hit the record. You'll be the one in control of downloading. You'll be in control of all that so that they literally are only having to show up. Is that what I'm understanding? 
Yeah, and the biggest thing I do is uh, sound check everyone. Because you know how some people, especially guests who aren't very technical, yeah, they'll show up to record a podcast and they'll be using the wrong thing. They'll just be talking into their computer, like yelling yeah. into the screen. And it's like, <laughs> I mean, and people have, sometimes they'll have a microphone, but then it's not selected in the computer. Like, so yeah. what I'm hearing is the onboard mic. There's so many ways that audio can just go wrong and sound bad. And so that's like my biggest role as the engineer of the recording session is to make sure everyone is sounding good and at the right level. And then when I'm done sound checking everybody, then I just hand it over to the show host and then that's it. Then they go, they do a show. Yeah. So you will hand over just that file or do you actually mix in the intro and outro and any sponsor messages and all that? Yeah. So I do everything. Yeah. So I do all wow. that post-production. We obviously decide on all that stuff in advance sure. and so that I'll get the raw tracks and I'll build a session inside my DAW software, which has their music. It has any ads they might have. And then I bring in the tracks from the conversation and obviously optimize them and mix it. Because I, I mix things like it's music. Since yeah. music is my background, it's like... I mix it like it's a record and I'm worried about levels. I'm worried about EQ and compression. Like I, I'm kind of nutty like that because I love it. <laughs> and the final product sounds really good. And yeah. you know, that's important. I was just talking to someone the other day, how podcasting is easy sort of, but like the fact that it's easy means that people can just use bad equipment and then just publish a podcast that sounds terrible. Yeah. And most podcasts sound pretty terrible. And it's like, that actually reflects on the whole industry because people listen to their first podcast and it sounds like complete garbage and they're like, whoa, what? this is podcast? Wow, this is terrible. So it's really important to sound good. I mean, it really is. It reflects on the quality of the show, reflects on the quality of the host. It's amazing what good quality audio, how it can reflect well upon the host. Yeah, you're totally right, Chris, man. You're preaching to the choir, but I'll amen that <laughs> all day long. I <laughs> I hate when you find a podcast that actually has good content, but the audio is so awful, you can't stand to listen to it. It's just painful. I mean, sometimes literally painful. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just awful. And people don't get that there usually are fairly simple solutions to those things. Yeah. If they'll take the time to learn. One Go big ahead. mistake podcasters make is that They'll record their own show and it'll sound okay. It'll sound good, like decent, like in the middle somewhere. And they'll just be like, oh, I don't use any EQ or compression. I don't do anything. I just record it and goes out. And it sounds pretty good. I have a decent mic and I have a quiet room. And it's true. But here's the thing. A lot of people listen to podcasts in noisy environments. They're either running on a treadmill or driving yeah. in a car. And here's the thing. When you don't compress it and limit it enough... It's hard to listen in noisy environments because you have to crank the volume loud so that when the host gets loud, it like blows your eardrums out. And then when the host gets really soft, you can't hear it. That's why compression and limiting, and in a word, it's called mastering. That's what it really is. It's the final step in audio production to get it ready for the listener. Without that, even a show that sounds halfway decent in a noisy environment, it still can be difficult to listen to. Yeah, absolutely, Chris. I appreciate that so much. You know, Chris, it's time for us to take our, our middle of the show break here. When we come back, I want to talk with Chris a little more about this concierge kind of a service that he's doing for podcasters. So hang around. Mm -hmm. 
Man, as you can hear, Chris really knows his audio. He's spent a lot of time playing around with it. And I actually wanted to invite Chris to be a part of this little mid-roll little advertisement that I do because he's got this thing going on that can make a world of difference in your ability to create great audio for your podcast. And it's called Podcast Engineering School. Is that right, Chris? Yeah, that's right. Podcast Engineering School. Tell me, first of all, who is this for? It's actually not for everyone. It's only for serious people who really want to learn the nuts and bolts of the audio engineering aspects of podcast production. In the course, I go into great depth. It, this is not just like, oh, plug in your mic and hit record and and do your podcast. Like That's fine. But what I'm teaching is really deep stuff. So really, most students who come through you know, they want to learn how to produce their show better, but usually my students are people who want to actually start doing podcast production for other people so that they can make some income and they can have a side business or a full-time business producing podcasts and get paid really well. Most students who sign up are like that. Others are just, they might have two or three podcasts and they do all the production themselves. And mm-hmm. of course, they're very frustrated a lot of times because they don't know how to, you know, make it sound good and how to do it right. So then they'll invest in my school where I'll basically tell them the most professional way to produce any podcast audio, period. Yeah. And just for the sake of reference, this is late April, 2018. And Chris has another podcast school coming up here soon, but I'm looking at his website right now and you know, he's right. This is not for everybody. This is for somebody who wants to invest in their podcast education. His course right now, it's a seven session class of live interactive on live trading has bonus videos has two hours of mentoring with chris personally has all kinds of great little bonus features that go along with it but it's a 1300 dollars one-time thing that's your current price is that right chris well that's the early early bird price at the end of the month that'll go up to about two thousand dollars and then full price is about twenty seven hundred dollars Let me just put a little caveat in here. I know when you start hearing thousands at the ends of words (laughs) that begin with numbers, you can start kind of glazing over and say, oh man, that's a lot of money. But let me put this into a different context for you. If you have a bachelor's degree or a master's degree, how much money did you spend getting that thing? (laughs) And then a second question, how much are you using that thing that you paid so much money for? My guess is if you're like me, you're not using it and you spent way too much for it. And this is a thing where for 1300 bucks or 2000 bucks, you can spend seven sessions getting schooled by somebody who really knows what they're doing and get a trade that you can use the rest of your life. Because I guarantee you digital audio is not going anywhere. Would you agree, Chris? Yeah, yeah, it's not going anywhere. My favorite are the students who like light bulbs go off every week. They're like, oh my God, I always wondered about that. I always wondered about compression and EQ and how to do this and how to do that and how the audio flows through a mixer and how to everything. It's like, they're just like, wow, you just make it so clear and easy and or straightforward, I should say. It's, I love that when students, they email me after the classes, they're like, oh my God, this is awesome. Thank you. You know? Yeah. So we're talking about the Podcast Engineering School, which you can find at podcastengineeringschool.com. Registration is going on right now. It's April of 2018. Early bird registration cost is right now just under $1,300. If you get the full tuition price, you're almost at two grand. So if this is something that sounds great to you, man, jump on it. And I'm sure when Chris has another session, there will be early bird pricing again. 
You just have to know when those things are. So go to podcastengineeringschool.com. Check it all out. Uh, sorry, Chris, my email is, or my uh, phone is ringing Someone's there. calling for the course right now. Yeah, that's my daughter. Uh, yeah. <laughs> She's going to say, Dad, you're not good enough. So I'm going to leave that in. That is just so much fun. There is email there for Chris, info at podcastengineeringschool.com, and we will get back to the show. All right, Chris, so tell me a little bit more about this concierge service that you do for podcasters. How do you find these people who really want a podcast, but don't want to really do anything except show up. You know, like I said, I started Fractal Recording about six years ago, and I started working with individuals and local people, but it's really scaled up. In 2016, I produced the whole first season of the Forbes Podcast Network. So that was 14 shows and a whole 14 episodes of each one. And it was crazy awesome year. But yeah, so a lot of my clients now are bigger companies and they're bigger companies who they want to get into podcasting, but they're not just going to work with anybody. They want to work with someone who knows what they're doing, who has a track record, who is a professional. And so they're not going to look at a podcast producer who charges 50 bucks an episode and who's, you know, might be younger and doesn't really have much of an audio background. A corporation's probably not going to hire someone like that. So that's kind of where I stand out and others as well, including graduates of my school, people who are trained, people who really know how to produce audio, who are trustworthy, who, you know, it's not like I'm going to change careers in three months. I'm here. This is what I do. And I've been working with a lot more bigger companies and they really appreciate the handholding. You know, they don't, yeah. they don't want to do anything. They just want to show up on a call and talk. So yeah. it's, it's really a good fit for my company. Sure. And it would take them thousands of man hours to get someone trained to do it in-house. So why not just pay for it to be done and have it done faster and at a better quality as well? Man, that totally makes sense. And I can see how a company like that is also using the price almost as a barometer or a gauge of quality, wouldn't you say? Yeah. I've said it before. I probably shouldn't say this, but back when Forbes was looking for a podcast producer for their network... I was one of seven people who was interviewed for the job and I was the most expensive and they chose me. So what does that tell you? <laughs> yeah, well, it is Forbes. So that's uh, that's you know kind of a status symbol in a way, saying something about what they've spent on their podcast. But anyway, that is great, Chris. I guess I did not realize that you did such a hand-holding thing. We've toyed with the idea of providing that kind of service here at Podcast Fast Track, but Honestly, man, you've got a lot more guts about that than I do because I could not even, I just still can't get my brain around how to package that in a way that it appeals to that kind of a client. But I get what you're saying now. It's not just appealing to the right client. It's being the person that that client needs. And, and man, it sounds like you really are. Yeah. And plus, I mean, to do the handholding, you have to charge a lot. Like you can't charge 50 an episode. Like you just can't. You got to bump it up like a lot. And that brings you into a whole different area of business. So. Yeah, absolutely. It makes total sense. Now, Chris, you also have a podcast, which I was actually graced the podcast with my presence back on episode number 12 of the podcast engineering school. And we talked all kinds of things about audacity and that kind of stuff. So if you're looking for another podcast about podcasting, this one actually goes into the weeds about oh, man. the equipment <laughs> and the settings and the sound and I mean, you get kind of a flavor of how Chris looks at that stuff right now. So you can go to Podcast Engineering School and find out about his podcast that way. So Chris, tell me, what is it about audio and equipment and all that sort of stuff that, that turns your crank? I mean, why is it such a big deal to you? 
I think it's the the listener's experience is it's what it all comes down to. And you know, I say this at the beginning of class when we start the first class. Like the only reason audio engineering exists is to provide a good listening experience for the listener. I mean, that's it. Because we know what a bad listening experience is, right? We <laughs> just go listen to some podcasts and you'll hear how bad some are. So that's really it. It's just like getting it done right, making it sound good and avoiding all those problems. I just like, I don't know, like, I guess I really am an engineer at heart because I like working on episodes. And when I finish an episode, it is mixed well, it's leveled. It just, it's boom, it's done. It's, I won't say perfect, but it's really good. I like releasing that product to the world, that episode that I think is that good. You know what I mean? Like that, yeah. I, that just brings me joy when yeah. I publish that. It's absolutely important to be proud of your work. So I'm going to give you an opportunity here. Give us some of your success stories, some of the clients that you work with and their podcasts that you are just extremely proud of. Yeah. So I've worked with a lot of people over the years. I think the biggest show I'm working with now is is called Unchained. And my client is Laura Shin. She's the host of Unchained. She was one of the Forbes shows actually a couple of years ago. She went out on her own now. It's a show about blockchain. I mean, it's the most downloaded show I've ever worked on. So in fact, a month or two ago, it was up, I think it was number 42 in the world on the wow. most downloaded podcast. So crazy numbers. And yeah. she does a great job. She's a journalist. So it's, you know, she does interviews, but she knows how to get the goods from her guests. So I'm mm -hmm. proud to work on that one. I have another client called Dr. Dan, Dr. Dan Peters. He It's a, called Parent Footprint. He consults with families and their children, you know, with issues with the kids. He's like a counselor kind of person. He really helps families and kids and he has a great show. I just yeah. love that. And yeah. yeah, I've had some other clients too. I mean, I do done a couple other shows myself. Called, one's called The Mystic Show, which is about spirituality. Um, I did 190 episodes of that. I don't do that one anymore, but they're all still there. Which is the then, beauty yeah. of podcasting. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a library of content that's still there. Yeah, that's super cool. Well, that's great to hear some of the shows you're working with and the kind of uh, quality that you're putting out into the world. Chris, I appreciate your time and I appreciate you being on the show. I hope that anybody out there that's listening that is seriously considering uh, getting into editing, I get people, I don't know how often, but I get people sending me emails who listen to the show asking questions like, how did you get into podcast production? I love the editing part, but I don't really know how to start. Man, if you're one of those people and you're listening to this episode, go check out Chris's course. I think podcast engineering school is one of the best education you're going to find on doing podcasting. And no, Chris is not paying me to say any of this. I just can tell by looking at his course. And I know Chris. I know the quality that he brings to stuff. If you don't know Chris, you may have seen him at Podcast Movement. When you go through the exhibit hall and you see the different booths there, Chris has usually got a microphone shootout booth set up where they've got like eight different microphones and you can test them out and see how they all sound. That's Chris. Chris is the dude who does that. And you going to be doing that at Podcast Movement this year, Chris? I'm not sure yet, but I just did it at the big NAB show, which was a yeah. couple of weeks ago, which was 100,000 people attend that show. Oh my goodness. And we had our 10 microphones there. It was really, really awesome. Yeah. So what's going to decide if you do this at Podcast Movement or not? I mean, I might do it. I guess, you know, the organizers are contemplating how they want to handle such things. And, mm, you know, gotcha. these shows are like anything else that kind of goes to the highest bidder. Yeah. They haven't actually decided who gets all the booths yet then. Well, I don't know. 
I mean, no, I mean, you have to pay for a booth. Whoever yeah. wants to pay for a booth, you can get one. But this microphone test drive that I do, it's sort of like, it's almost a service that I'm offering, right? Because I need it. to bring a couple, three guys with me. You know, we need to work the show. So it's almost like work. So it's almost yeah. like I'm providing a service. So I, I don't know how to react if I have to pay for a booth and then also do all the work. Like then it, I don't know yeah. if it's a good fit. I totally get that. Totally get yeah. that. Well, we'll makes see. sense. Well, uh, Chris and I I'll be also- there anyway. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure if I'm going to be there yet. That sounds funny for a guy who does podcasting for a living, but I don't know. This year or something about it, I'm just not feeling the vibe. I mean, I, I put in some speaking suggestions, you know, to do sessions of my own and they all got turned down. And it's not a poor me session. It's just, that's the way it goes sometimes. I think I'm, we all got turned down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They only, uh, they only have Pat Flynn and then Pat Flynn and then Pat Flynn and, and then Pat Flynn. Um, no, they probably have other great people. I just haven't looked yet. But yeah. I do know one of my clients, uh, Stephen Hart, is doing a, a presentation. That'll be great. But just one of those things, I'm not certain. It's a good fit for me this year, and, and I'm not really sure why I feel that way. So I, maybe I should go into my closet and do some examination. Oh, wait a minute. I am in my closet. <laughs> I, Are you I really? This, yeah, I have this tiny little studio. It's like five by eight or something like that. It's right? a teeny little room, but it, it's great. So Chris, cool. thank you so much for your time and for your expertise. And I hope that some folks go to Podcast Engineering School. And find out more about it. If you do, tell Chris you heard about it on Podcastification. I told you Chris had the goods, didn't I? I mean, this guy really understands audio engineering and has created a valuable place where people who want to learn the details of good digital audio engineering for podcasting or otherwise can do so in a very reasonable way. Now, let me just say this. You might not think, well, just... To do this for my podcast, I don't really think it's worth that investment. But what about this? What about if you were one of those people who enjoys audio engineering enough that you might want to start doing this as your own business? Set up your own freelancing gig and get clients and do audio for a living. It might be the way some of you could get out of that nine to five rat race that you're trapped in. And you know, Chris and I talked a little bit after I stopped the recording, and we just may figure out a way to partner together for some of his graduates to come on board my team as I have need of future audio engineers. Could that be you? Who knows? You can find all the details for how to contact Chris and get more information about his podcast engineering school in the show notes for this episode, which you can find at podcastfasttrack.com slash 101, or you might find it easier to go to the description section on this episode in your podcasting app. And all the links to those resources and Chris's contact information and social profiles is going to be right there. Okay, you know what time it is. It's time for you to go out and make it a podcastificating day. This show is brought to you by Podcast Fast Track, where my team provides professional podcasting services without the time suck. Full production, editing, and show notes all in one monthly subscription package. You can find out more at podcastfasttrack.com. Now go out and make it a podcastificating day. Audio editing and show notes by podcastfasttrack.com. Get 15% off your first month by mentioning this show.